When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, with our co-hosts, Alan Saunders and Zachary Smith. I am Alan Saunders. That is not Zachary Smith. That's Derek Bell. Zach is off today. The Steelers are not off today. It's a Monday. We're on Monday Night Football. I'm live at Akershore Stadium. Derek is at home, and we're talking last-minute changes to the Steelers-Browns game, the lineups, and what they mean, because we got some news. Just those pulling in the parking lot here at Akershore Stadium found out that Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarland are going on injured reserve. They will both miss at least the next four weeks. Derek, what's your instant reaction to that sort of news bomb here right before the game from the Steelers? Right. So, I mean, we knew that Deontay Johnson and Anthony McFarlane were probably not going to be able to give it a go tonight, right? Like Mike Tomlin let us know that earlier in the week. But I think the big thing was, you know, we were kind of hoping that, you know, Deontay would at least be able to kind of avoid that uh, injured reserve stint, which is going to put him out four weeks. But um, you know, with McFarland and Johnson both missing the game, it's going to open up kind of some doors for some other guys to get some more playing time, some expanded roles, particularly to some young players. Um, and that's at least exciting, uh, you know, for those for those opportunities for those guys. Yeah, let's start with uh, Deontay, because I think that's obviously the bigger story here was looking like he was going to maybe avoid this injured reserve trip when Cam Hayward went on and he didn't. It seemed like, oh, maybe there was a chance. And very strange that they, they didn't add anyone to the roster to replace him. They had already added Des Patrick earlier in the week, but they'll go into the game with two empty spots on the 53-man roster from these two. Kadri Allison for the game day elevation from the practice squad to replace McFarland. But, so it's not going to be someone from outside the roster, at least for this week, 
They were talking about replacing Deontay Johnson. It's going to be the guys on the team. Obviously, Calvin Austin feels like the player who will step into that role and play a lot of those reps. But it feels to me like it's going to need to be a little bit of everyone and maybe some mix and match in order to replace the kind of production that Deontay Johnson has in this offense. Yeah, I mean, especially Deontay's role within the offense, like you mentioned, just being that man beater, uh, the guy who's, you know, that pure X receiver, oftentimes on the backside of formations, you know, the things that they asked him to do, you know, run the full route tree, beat press coverage, um, you know, it opens up a lot for other players. But, you know, it does open up opportunities as well. You mentioned Calvin Austin. We would anticipate slash hope that it's also going to open up uh, hopefully an expanded role for George Pickens, maybe a little um, more diverse route tree from him. I'm interested to see how they're going to kind of supplement, you know, the loss of Johnson because it, it is a big deal. You look at a guy that, you know, pretty much warrants 125 plus targets on a yearly basis. Uh, that's a pretty significant void that they're going to have to fill. And I do think that it's going to have to be by committee. I'm as excited as, you know, we are kind of about the talents of Calvin Austin, George Pickens. This isn't going to be a one man job. It's going to be between those two and then even Allen Robinson as well. And I'll throw in another name there, especially in a game like this where you're going up against a top edge rusher and Miles Garrett. I think two tight ends is a very realistic possibility as a way they get, get away from this as well. And that would be using Darnell Washington as that sort of inline chipper and kind of freeing up Pat Fryermuth to do some different things in terms of being uh, more of just a receiver. Yeah, I mean, Nick Fairball and I talked about this a little bit, uh, just trying to find some of the weaknesses potentially in this Cleveland defense, which was absolutely outstanding last week against uh, the Bengals. Uh, but, you know, the the Bengals really struggled. Even the, the receivers struggled to get separation on uh, some of these Cleveland corners. You know, they've got a talented trio, which Mike Tomlin really complimented uh, in his press conference this week. Uh, so you might need to see, you know, an expanded role for Pat Fryermuth as well, get him matched up on some of their linebackers, maybe some of their safeties. This is going to be a huge test uh, for the Steelers. You know, they're kind of coming off a really rough week offensively well, and def- defensively, really. Uh, but like I said, this this Browns defense, man, they were lights out against the Bengals on Sunday. And that's going to that's going to mean for a pretty serious challenge. Yeah. How do you feel like the loss of Johnson really impacts this offense in a week where Kenny Pickett is trying to get right? You know, so much of what George Pickens does is explosive and down the field, but it's also kind of low percentage. Sometimes I feel like Johnson is the one guy that if I was building a game plan for like a Kenny Pickett get right game, it would be like, Oh, well throw to the guy who's always open. How is not having that? How could not having that affect Kenny Pickett's ability to find a rhythm here in the early part of the season? Yeah, I think sometimes, you know, we talk about Deontay's separation ability and what that means for a quarterback. And I just think it's a little bit of a a, a quote-unquote easy button for a quarterback. You know, if you know a guy that is going to consistently separate against press coverage, no matter pretty much who's out there on the boundary against him, um, you know, that that's comforting for a quarterback. And, you know, a lot of fans, I feel like, ask uh, that question on social media all the time. Well, why does Deontay get 130, 140 targets a year? Well, quarterbacks like throwing to guys that are wide open. I mean, that's typically how those things go. Like if you're a guy that consistently separates and gets, um, you know, wide open throwing lanes for the quarterback, they're going to look your way. And a lot of the Steelers concepts, like I mentioned, too, oftentimes have Deontay as the first read in the progression. So that's going to make for some serious uh, adjustments to their game plan. But I am excited about, you know, potentially getting to see a bigger role for Pickens, for Calvin Austin. I think that the Steelers, you know, with the 
those two youngsters from last year's draft class, they're still in the process of finding out information on what those guys can potentially be for the long term. And, you know, I, I don't think you can ask for a better test than, you know, like you mentioned, a get right game for Kenny Pickett against a really talented secondary, you know, Denzel Ward, Greg Newsom, Martin Emerson, those guys. This is going to be an outstanding test and a good barometer to see kind of what type of progress those guys have made from year one to year two. You have safety one Thornhill, the one guy not healthy on that unit, the free safety. He may or may not play. He's questionable in this one. Other than that, the Browns are pretty healthy. Let's um, I, I do want to get to more on the other side of the ball, but let's quickly go to running back and kick returner, where I thought Anthony McFarland was one of the few just sort of unqualified bright spots from that first game. What are the Steelers' answers there? Yeah, McFarland made made my winners list. I mean, it, it was it was hard to find winners in that game on Sunday, uh, right? But yeah, McFarland averaged I think over thirty yards per kick return last week. He was outstanding. Uh, we we've mentioned all summer. You know, he's had a pretty strong uh, off season. It's really a bummer that he's kind of down with an injury right now. It seems like Gunnar Olszewski is probably going to get the first crack at it. I think the big thing with Gunnar is holding on to the football. That was what originally got him in the doghouse last last year as well. But, um, you know, really, even if you do lose a little bit of explosiveness back there, um, just making sure that, you know, you're hanging on to the football. This is a game where I think, you know, turnovers are going to really matter. And, you know, a special teams turnover could, you know, turn the tide of the game. So, if nothing else, hang on to the football. Yeah, and then, you know, offensively, obviously, McFarland didn't have a huge role, but he was a key kind of piece of the depth there behind uh, Najee Harris and Jalen Warren. Quadri Allison up from the practice squad, completely different player. He's more of like a Najee Harris backup than McFarland, who was a straight change of pace. But we did see – the usefulness of that in that San Francisco game where he makes two catches, uh, one of which on a fourth down coming out of the backfield. I think they lose something in terms of their running back receiving. Might be a little bit more on Najee Harris and Jalen Warren's shoulders here as well. Yeah, it's really funny because the last couple times we've seen McFarland, we have seen the Steelers kind of lean into him as a receiver, right? You know, McFarland, I believe he's been – he's only played about 16, I think, snaps the last two seasons, uh, the majority coming in that Colts game and then uh, last week in the opener. Um, in in those uh, moments, I think he's got four or five targets on those routes. So when he's in the game, they're not asking him to pass protect. Uh, we saw you know him be pretty early in the progression in both of his catches last week as well. Uh, both of which I think got first down. So, um, yeah, I mean, it does it does add a little bit of a different kind of element to the offense with Allison compared to McFarland. Definitely different stylistic backs, um, but I'm pretty comfortable with you know even if even if that does mean a couple extra snaps for Najee, a couple extra snaps for Jalen Warren. This is a game where those guys have to absolutely be effective. They've got to stay ahead of the chains. They've got to avoid those third and long situations, and I think that's going to be the key to this game is which offense can stay out of those second and third and longs where the opposing team's pass rush can, cannot be as big of a factor. I think that's the big uh, question for both offenses. Let's look to the other side where Amari Cooper is questionable to play in this game. Star Brown's wide receiver was injured in practice on Saturday. Suffered a groin injury late, was limited in that practice, and then, you know, kind of like a last-minute thing, so no one's really quite exactly sure what that means for him and his ability for this game. Uh, it's been reported that he's here and that he's confirmed and that he is going to attempt to warm up and see how it goes. Uh, if Amari Cooper can't go, to me, um, the biggest thing is not who replaces him, 
Cleveland has some other options, um, but they don't have another player of his caliber to replace him at receiver. I mean, I really do think, though, it makes it a little bit easier for the Steelers to really key in on Nick Chubb with Cooper not in the game. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we remember what Cooper did to the Steelers last year in week three, you know, went over 100 yards. Uh, the Steelers tried to play, you know, man coverage on Cooper, and he absolutely destroyed him. He made him pay for it. That's hilarious because I was looking for a picture of Amari Cooper from that game. And usually when I, like, write – I take pictures of players on other teams that have recently played the Steelers, I like to get a picture where you can kind of see, like, a Steelers player in the background. You know, I want, like, Minka Fitzpatrick tackling him. There were, like, 13 pictures of Amari Cooper in that game. And not in a single one was there a Steelers player in the background of the picture. They weren't even on the screen. Like, that's how dominant he was in that game. Yeah, he he was tough, man. I, he he gave Akilo Witherspoon an absolute, uh, just a terror that night. But, you know, you mentioned it makes it a little bit easier to defend that offense. I mean, Cooper is to the Cleveland offense kind of in some ways what Deontay Johnson is to the Steelers offense. Um, you know, I think that Cooper – He's always been known as an excellent route runner. You know, he's got that 4-4 speed. Always been a very good player. Um, he's shown the ability to produce with multiple different quarterbacks now. And even last week, I thought that you started to see, you know, some uh, flashes of what, you know, he could potentially become with Deshaun Watson if he, he does get right. But Cleveland's added some interesting pieces on offense that I think um, could potentially be dynamic threats. You know, they brought over Elijah Moore from the Jets uh, in a trade this offseason. They're doing some really interesting stuff with him. They're moving him around in the backfield. They gave him a couple carries. They took some shot plays to him and Marquise Goodwin. And then they drafted Cedric Tillman, who could get some some burn tonight if Cooper is not able to go. But, you know, Cooper, you know, if he can't go tonight, that's that's definitely a big loss, and it does kind of even the playing field a little bit with Johnson already on IR. We already knew that, you know, kind of Nick Chubb was going to be the focal point of the Steelers' defensive attack, uh, preparation and attack for this game. But without Cooper, I mean, I, it's not, you know, it, it's not like Deshaun Watson played that well in the first game. You know, like it was, it was in a rainstorm. So, you know, you kind of give him a bit of a mulligan for that. But he's looking for a get right game, too. And he's not going to have his favorite target to do it either. Can the Steelers pressure him if they can stop Chubb? into making one of those mistakes that you talk about. Yeah, like I said, man, I really think this game's going to come down to, you know, both teams looking to stay ahead of the chains and stay out of those second, third, and long situations because I just look at the matchups that both teams have with their respective edge rushers and the offensive tackles. You know, the Steelers, obviously, T.J. Watt, Alex Highsmith, those guys going up against Jedrick Wills, Dewan Jones. I think that the Steelers feel really, really comfortable about that. Uh, matchup and then the same, the flip side is uh, true for the Browns as well. Their edge rushers, Miles Garrett, Darius Smith against the Steelers offensive tackles with a uh, core four and more. Um, so I think that's really the key. And one of the things about Watson that, you know, really rang true last season where you saw him be really uncomfortable in the pocket is Watson does not really want to play in structure. He kind of wants to play make and extend the play. He'll drop deep in the pocket. He'll hold on to the football. He takes a lot of risks as well. Um, but there's a risk reward to his play style. And I think that the Steelers, you know, if they can get him into some third and long situations and apply some consistent pressure, I think it'll be only a matter of time before he kind of puts the ball in harm's way at least one time. And that could be enough to swing the game. Yeah, I think that's, you know, typical AFC North football, right? Run the ball, stop the run, don't make a big mistake. I feel like that's kind of the recipe here. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the, and Chubb, man, he just presents such a difficult challenge because, you know, Cleveland does so much cool stuff in the run game. You know, they're really gap heavy, but, you know, Chubb's one of the backs, I feel like, in the league that, you know, not only is he probably the best pure runner in the league, aside from maybe Christian McCaffrey, um, Chubb is equally effective, like running between the tackles as he is outside. I mean, he has fantastic vision, fantastic contact balance. Um, and, you know, he's had some good games against the Steelers. He's had some quiet games. But, you know, Mike Tomlin, the same thing that he said last week about Christian McCaffrey, about Nick Chubb being the number one priority uh, for their defense to shut him down. Uh, the Steelers are going to need to be a lot more successful at stopping Chubb than they were at, at stopping McCaffrey last week in order to have a shot in this game, I think. What is your take on the meaning of this game, man? It is early in the season for words like must win to be thrown around. But when you look at not just this game, but the environment of the rest of the AFC North, if the Steelers lose this game, they're 0-2. They will be in last place and two games behind the Cleveland Browns and Baltimore Ravens with a division loss and two home losses on their record. Uh, that's not where you want to be. Traditionally, you start 0-2, you have about a 10% chance of making the playoffs. Probably will turn out to be a little bit better than that now that there's seven playoff teams. But uh, that's not a good starting point. And then if, if you put that point over, though, if the Steelers find a way to win this game, then they're tied with the Browns and have the tiebreaker over them. They'll have a division win in their pocket, and they're only a game behind first place. Baltimore with them coming up on the schedule in a few weeks. It almost feels like this game is the difference between that first week being a hiccup and the start of a disaster. Yeah, week one can be real weird, man. Like, you look at some of the teams that lost week one, you know, Kansas City, uh, the Bengals uh, have seemed to have, getting off, got, have gotten off to these slow starts in recent seasons as well. You know, week one doesn't define you as a football team, and I'm sure that that's the message that Mike Thomas trying to, you know, relay to his troops as well. But uh, you mentioned, I mean, this is a big game. You know, primetime, AFC North football, um, you know, losing your first two at home, I don't know the statistics on what that does for your playoff probability um, on a normal year, but I can't imagine that it's great. I mean, you lose two of those home games, one of those, like you said, being a division opponent, that could be um, pretty catastrophic. And what you don't want, man, and, um, you know, it is it is too early to throw around these uh, must-win terms probably, but, man, this is the difference between, you know, kind of controlling your own destiny potentially in week 16, week 17 to get into the playoffs and kind of getting in a scenario last year where, you know, they started off slow and then they needed some help to get in week 17 and they didn't get the help. So they ended up, you know, having to sit at home uh, while the other AFC – teams you know played in the playoffs so this is definitely a game that the Steelers need to have um, and it should be a really tightly contested game uh, very interesting contrast you know Cleveland coming in off a really big high uh, looked fantastic in week one and the Steelers kind of come in on the opposite side of the spectrum there Mike Tomlin doesn't lose these games very often he is 10 and 2 game in weeks following 20 point losses in his career Obviously, every team and every game and every situation is different, but that's a pretty solid track record to go on if you're looking at the head coach. I'm interested to see in how Kenny Pickett responds individually. Whether the Steelers win or lose, I will feel much better about their chances going forward if the quarterback that we saw in training camp and in the preseason and a guy that looked like he was taking a step up from his 2022 season shows up here tonight. Even if the Steelers win like 9-6, but Pickett's awful again, like that may 
satisfy some of those things we talked about earlier, but I'm not sure that gives me a lot of uh, optimism or, or fuzzy feelings for the way the rest of the season is going to go. Yeah, 100%. I mean, Pickett is the single most important person on this team for their short-term and long-term goals. And I think that that's um, – you can't understate or overstate that enough, excuse me. So I think, um, you know, Pickett, one of the things I th- feel like people that have been around him, uh, covered him or, you know, coached him, have always said about him is that he's pretty resilient. You know, he's a guy that's, you know, got, um, you know, pretty thick skin. He's able to bounce back from some, from his own shortcomings. And, you know, last week was pretty brutal, man. I mean, the tape didn't lie. It was, it was pretty ugly and he didn't play very well. I think he definitely will own that performance. Um, and this is an excellent chance at, you know, getting back uh, kind of on his feet. You know, this is a really uh, talented Browns defense, a defense that's underachieved in recent seasons. But, you know, that week one performance shutting down Joe Burrow and those talented receivers uh, was really impressive. So I think, you know, this could be one of those performances that we look back on as maybe even a turning point if he's able to, you know, play really well, especially without the likes of, you know, Deontay Johnson in prime time against the Browns. I think instead of calling this must win, I think a better way to say it is this has the opportunity to be a season-defining game for the Pittsburgh Steelers and for Kenny Pickett. If this game goes well, it can be the start of something big. If it does not, it can certainly be uh, the start of something disastrous. Derek, I'm going to put you on the spot here. Do you have some kind of prediction, whether you want to give a score, a winner, or just a way you think you see this game playing out tonight between the Steelers and the Browns at Akershire Stadium? Man, I I don't really have – so this is what I said early in the week when I started to kind of comb through the Browns film. I just think if you look on, if you look at the film and what the teams put on tape last week, everything you look at tells you the Steelers should lose this game tonight. But then I think about, you know, not even knowing the number that you um, kind of spat out a minute ago with Tom being 10-2 after those big losses um, – you know, this just feels like a game that the Steelers typically win and that I, I'm going to attribute most of that to Mike Tomlin. Um, and I just think that his team will come out a lot more prepared and you'll see a more focused group um, this week against the Browns. So I think it's going to be an interesting game. I will just continue to reiterate that point of I think whichever team is able to kind of stay ahead of the chains, whether that's via the running game, the quick passing game. Uh, and avoid those third and long situations for the opposing team's edge rushers, I think that will be the team that will ultimately uh, win the game. Yeah, I think the lesson the Steelers need to learn from the Cincinnati Bengals is that um, you don't want to be in a situation where you have to throw against these guys. The secondary is pretty good. I expect there to be a lot of Jalen Warren and Najee Harris early in this game. I do think the Steelers can run on the Browns. I don't think their linebackers are especially good in, in run cover and run stopping. And, you know, that's the best way to neutralize a top-end talent like Miles Garrett is to run right at him. I think Darnell Washington can be an asset in that regard as well. I, I do think the Steelers can run the ball. I think they'll still struggle to throw it, even if Kenny Pickett is better, just because of how good that Browns secondary was on tape. But I think the Steelers can win a low-scoring game. I like Chris Boswell to be a factor in his home stadium. It's a bit windy here uh, right now, as you can kind of tell. Um, I like the Steelers in a narrow, low-scoring AFC North kind of victory, let's say uh, 20-17. Okay, that, that, I mean, that sounds about right. I don't know what the over-under is for this game, but I can't imagine that this one having a ton of fireworks. Uh, that's just my opinion. No, I no. This, 
I think the Those other will be, thing too, there will be more real fireworks than there will be scoreboard fireworks. <laughs> I think the other thing too is a kind of a keys to victory type of thing is, uh, you know, the Steelers didn't win the turnover battle last week. And I know that's the most like cliche football thing of all time, but I just look at Deshaun Watson and uh, just his play style, man, there's, there's a lot of feast or famine uh, in his play style. And, um, you know, he did turn the ball over last week. He had, you know, some opportunities there. I feel like to turn the ball over maybe another time or two. So I think the Steelers, um, that's one of the big things that they're going to have to do this week, you know, get after him. Hopefully they can get him into some third and long situations um, and then come away with an interception, maybe create a short field for the offense. The other thing, too, is, um, you know, we've talked about this for years. I feel like the Steelers really need to start fast. Uh, you know, Tomlin talked last week after the game about not winning the weighty downs. They started 0 for 5 on third downs. That was extremely problematic. You talked about how you want to see more Najee Harris, more Jalen Warren. In order to see more of those guys, you got to stay in the game. You know, it was it was the second quarter and they were down three scores. And once that happens, you know, when you're not moving the football and you're not getting stops, it makes you one dimensional. And if the Steelers get into a situation where they fall down 14, nothing, 17, nothing against this secondary against Miles Garrett, it's going to get ugly. Like it will. The Boo Birds will be out at Ackershire Stadium because that's not the type of game that this team is built to win right now, uh, especially without Deontay Johnson. I think they need to play complimentary football, too. Mike Tomlin singled out the punting game is not good. Steelers' offensive struggles put the defense in bad field position situations last week. They can't afford to do this. It's going to be a low-scoring game. You can take some field position wins if you're not scoring in this kind of game. It's not the kind, you know, not expecting a track meet here, but you can't be giving the ball to the other team at your own 45-yard line and expect to be winning on those possessions. Derek, thanks so much for joining me, uh, and thanks so much for uh, participating here as we get you guys ready for kickoff here. Just about uh, another couple hours here at Agrisure Stadium. I know everyone's going to be excited to get this one going. Uh, thanks for coming on. Tell the people where they can find you, where they can find your stuff, and uh, yeah, let's get it done. Oh, yeah, all, all my written content uh, at SteelersNow.com. Really excited about that. Be on the lookout for all of Allen and Nick's great coverage uh, live at Eckershire Stadium tonight. We'll have plenty of stuff for you guys um, after the game as well. Hopefully the Steelers put on much a much better performance um, here in their second home game of the season uh, rather than what we saw in the opener. I have. Uh, it's been a rough week for Pittsburgh football forward. Pitts in the whole Steelers, uh, not a great week one. I think we're going to see a better game tonight that's for sure. I'm Alan Saunders at Ace, under, at Ace Saunders underscore PGH at PGH Steelers Now is the site on Twitter and on YouTube. Like and subscribe. And make sure if you're listening to us on a podcast service, it's a five-star review. Smitty's back tomorrow. Thanks to Derek for joining me. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. 
This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over and prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We will see you on the other side. Cool. Thanks, man.